Hi, welcome to Real Nurse Stories and to a new season of podcast episodes. I just wanted to share with you a little bit about the journey um, to creating this podcast. Um, I started this podcast way back in 2020 as a way of celebrating the International Year of the Nurse and Midwife. I wanted to set out to interview nurses' stories so that other nurses listening would be able to take something away from those stories. And partly that came about because I realised that there was often a reluctance to talk about things in nursing and particularly to talk about some of the struggles of being a modern day nurse. So a lot of the nurses that volunteered to be interviewed came forward and were very generous with their stories. And then, of course, the global pandemic hit and my supply of people who had the time and the availability to share their stories dried up a little bit. So I thought long and hard about what to do with my podcast and decided that I would carry on and would continue to bring content and value to busy nurses so that some of the things that I want to share through my podcast can be um, listened to easily whilst travelling to and from work and hopefully there are some golden nuggets in the information that I share that will be useful and helpful to people listening to my podcast. This is particularly important at the moment because um, there's a recent survey that was carried out by the Australian College of Nursing and the Health Professionals Bank that found almost 70% of Australian nurses are grappling with fatigue and burnout. Many of these nurses um, who undertook the survey said that they hadn't had a break for at least 18 months. Most of those nurses have worked continuously throughout the pandemic and haven't had opportunities to work at home like many other occupational groups have. They've worked long hours, often in PPE, and all the difficulties that wearing PPE brings in terms of reduced break times, not being able to stay hydrated and just long hours in often very hot and uh, long shifts in PPE adds to those stresses. Nursing is also a profession that suffers the most occupational violence and that sadly over the course of the pandemic we have seen an increase in nurses who've experienced occupational violence. So this week I wanted to talk about why as nurses do we find it so hard to ask for help ourselves. This week I saw a post from a nurse on one of the Facebook groups that was set up to support nurses during the pandemic. The post was from a nurse who wrote, I've tried so hard not to ask but I do think I need some help. There were two things that I reflected on from this post. Why as nurses do we find it so hard to ask for help? And the second is, how do we respond when a colleague asks for help? Nursing as a profession is a helping profession. We go into nursing because we want to help others who are sick or injured. Nurses are, are also mostly highly nurturing. Yet when it comes to ourselves, we tend to self-sacrifice our own needs for the sake of others. We often don't ask for help as we worry what others might think of us by asking. Sometimes we might recognise that a colleague is struggling and might avoid asking the question, are you okay? 
for fear of not knowing what to say if the person says no. The trouble is that by not talking about how we are truly feeling and not asking for help, we as a profession normalise the fact that to ask for help is not something that we as nurses do. As a result, it can be seen as a sign of weakness by others and may put someone off from asking for help. How we respond when someone says, I'm struggling or I need help is crucial to the person who is asking. Let's think back to that Facebook post for a moment. I've tried so hard not to ask, but I do think I need some help. Brene Brown says that when we're afraid of talking about something, sometimes we can feel shame. She also reminds us that the less we talk about it, the more control shame has over us. Some of the following responses to the post might be ones that you've heard in the workplace. For example, you poor thing, I feel sorry for you. This is a sympathetic response, not an empathetic one. It sends a message of, not me, but I feel sorry for you. It isn't that bad. This is an attempt to minimise what that person is feeling, an attempt to make it go away, perhaps because we're not comfortable in going there. That's nothing. Listen to what happened to me the other day. This statement is comparing and competing with a person's experience and is not practising empathy. Everyone feels like this. It's normal. Dismissing what the person is feeling and normalising their feelings without truly listening to what they are trying to express. You know what you need to do. I can help you. Rather than listening, we're trying to fix the problem here for the person. What's the difference then between empathy and sympathy? Brene Brown reminds us that empathy is not sympathy. Empathy is about learning how to listen to the person's story, to try and understand what it is like in their shoes and to believe their story even when it doesn't match our own story or experience. Brene, a quote from Brene says, I know that feeling. I'm not going to fall into it right now, but I know it and I can communicate with you in a way that makes you know that you're not alone. Next, I want to think about compassion fatigue. It's a term that we hear a lot in nursing, but what does it actually mean? Compassion fatigue is very common amongst nurses, more so at the moment because of the challenges of the pandemic. High workloads with less staff and downtime impacted as a result all mean that nurses have very little left to be able to empathise with each other or sometimes even the patients that they're caring for. Compassion fatigue occurs when a nurse focuses on their emotional reactions and as a result are unable to respond empathetically to either patients or their colleagues. It is a common symptom of burnout and emotional exhaustion. To put it another way, we're not hearing the story of the person in front of us. We're inserting ourselves into the story and that blocks our ability to be compassionate towards each other. In order to be able to listen to a colleague who is struggling and asking for help, you also need to have some boundaries to protect your own self-compassion. What do I mean by that? 
Well, I mean that you need to be able to recognize that to be better able to help others, you have to be able to help yourself first. Kind of putting on your own oxygen mask first before you can help someone to put on theirs. Being aware of your own emotional reactions and learning to recognize when you are straying into compassion fatigue is really important. Also, it's important to have support strategies to help you to replenish your self-compassion and importantly, to be able to ask for help if you feel like you're overwhelmed or struggling. And this is particularly true if you're a leader because people will look to you as a leader to see how you role model and how you deal with stressful events and equally how you support other people and recognize that someone isn't doing so well. There's a really good book that's been written by Susie McAlpine called Beyond Burnout and it's a really well-researched book all about burnout, how to recognize it, what it is and how you can help someone who you might think might be struggling with burnout. And I just want to just quote a little bit from this book. Susie says that burnout is a chronic debilitating and relentless exhaustion that's prolonged and if left unchecked, extreme. It's when that holiday or that weekend off doesn't do its job. The exhaustion just won't go away. This tiredness is way more incapacitating than usual work weariness. It can't be remedied by short breaks and it's when our batteries can't recharge no matter how much we plug them into whatever whatever normally recharges us. And there's some questions that Susie shares that might be good questions to ask if you think one of your colleagues might be suffering from burnout. And these are the questions that Susie suggests we could ask. Do you feel physically exhausted or wiped out? Do you feel tired all the time? Do you go on holiday or take a break but come back just as bushed? Do you always experience an overwhelming sense of relief that the weekend has finally arrived? Do you worry that there is no time you can take off work without negative consequences? Are you experiencing difficulty or an ability, inability to concentrate at work? Do you feel as though you've got nothing left to give? Do you drag yourself to work and have trouble getting started? And do you lack the energy to be consistently productive? If you or someone you know answers yes to some or most of these questions, it could be a sign of burnout, exhaustion. And there's also a lovely example here in this book about someone describing what burnout looked for them, like for them. And again, just to read this from Susie's book. I really withdrew from any meaningful relationships with colleagues. I couldn't even listen to people in a room talk about problems. I didn't want to bloody know about it. I couldn't deal with it. I really felt like I wasn't doing anything. Ward rounds were far less enjoyable. It was just that I felt I couldn't connect with patients at all. And usually I'm quite a friendly person. And I just didn't want to extend that friendship aspect. And I'm sure listening to that example, you will be able to recognise perhaps that even in your workplace, there are 
maybe colleagues who are displaying those kinds of feelings or behaviours. And that's important that A, we recognise them and B, that we take time to check in with them, even when we're busy and the workload is high. Because if nursing doesn't support nursing and support each other, then as a profession, that really doesn't do us any favours. So next time someone asks you for help or if you see a colleague struggling, ask them if they're okay and what you can do to help them. Listening is the greatest tool that you can have in your leadership toolbox that can help you to grow your empathy skills as a leader. And when I talk about listening, I'm talking about really listening to try and understand that person's story from their perspective, not listening to reply or formulating the answer in your head whilst you're listening to someone talk. Learning to become a better listener is one of the greatest things that as a new or aspiring nurse leader, you can do for yourself and for others. If you would like to know more about the work that I've referenced in this um, episode today, I'll post the links to Brene Brown's new book, Atlas of the Heart and Beyond Burnout by Susie Susie McAlpine in the description of this episode. If you would like to know more about the work that I do, um, coaching nurses, you can check out my website, evastory.com. I'm passionate about supporting nurses who are struggling with stress and overwhelm and also supporting nurse leaders who are new to a nursing role because I strongly believe that as high high nurturers, nurses need nurturing too and there's a gap to support nurses and also a reluctance to talk about some of those things that really impact as nurses particularly that have impacted us over the last 18 months. Please also remember that it's okay to ask for help. And as Brene Brown says, there is no shame in asking for help. Everybody at some point in their nursing career needs help with one thing or another. And it's really important that nurses feel that they're able to ask for help. Please reach out to me if you feel that you're struggling with burnout or any of the things I've talked about in this episode. You can message me privately at eva at evastory.com. Thank you for listening and I would love to know your comments and feedback on this episode today. Until next time, stay safe.